you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it's always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Turn to your neighbor and just give him a big smile. Come on, it's great to be in the house of God. We believe the house of God should be something that's fun, but not a joke. We like to have fun, but it's not a joke. We take serious all those things that God has in store for every one of us. Last week we talked on a message encouraging everyone to really reach out and touch people. Abraham came up to me this morning and said, Pastor Philip, I had the opportunity to invite some people to church. They didn't come, but I invited them. But then he said, I had an opportunity to share the gospel with someone and I led someone in the sinner's prayer this week. Isn't that awesome? But then he said a couple of days later, this guy was kind of not so gung-ho about God. And I said, Abraham, that's okay. You do your part and let God take care of the rest. The Bible says the gospel shall not return void. Share it. How many have grabbed a soul challenge? Come on, how many have got one of those soul challenge sheets? I had one here somewhere. Here it is. It's found. Come on, how many grabbed one of these last week? How many put a name on there? How many has already got something written under the name already? Come on, Stephen's got his hand up. If you did not grab one of these, we made a challenge to our church last week that we're believing by the end of October that whatever name you put on this piece of paper that they are going to be saved by the end of October. We're believing that you are going to begin to write down, what have I done? I've invited them to church. Come on, every one of us can do that. Come on, we can share our story with them. Come on, we can give our lives away. We can talk to them about what God has done in our lives. And we're just really believing that we're going to see miracles. Come on, and we're praying for these people. How many have been praying for that person every day? Believe in God to change their life. Come on. So grab one of these if you haven't got one on your way out. And, and come on, let's go through the soul challenge together. Believing for God to change the hearts and lives of our families, those around us, because God is able to do it. Amen? Today I want to talk about our salvation. Our salvation. I want to talk about salvation in greater depth because I really feel that a lot of people don't fully understand what salvation is. Now you may say that kind of sounds silly. We don't understand what salvation is. Well, obviously... Salvation is I gave my life to Christ and now I'm changed. Yes, that is salvation, but that's not salvation in its entirety. Today we're going to look at salvation, the awesome, forgiving, life-changing experience that I pray that every one of you have experienced in your life. And if you haven't, we will give you the opportunity at the end of this message to receive the greatest gift that mankind could ever have. Salvation is where God redeemed us. That word redeemed is an incredible word because literally it means God bought us back. God took back that which Satan had laid claims on. Satan has laid claims on every soul of mankind. But when Jesus died upon the cross, Jesus redeemed mankind back to him. He paid the price that we no longer have to be under the sin debt, but that we can have forgiveness and freedom of sin if we will ask. So Jesus took back Satan's power through paying the price for each one of us with his shed blood upon the cross. And as I wrote down on my notes, once and for all, he paid the price once and for all. But this morning, I want to show you salvation in this realm or in this way. I want to show salvation in the four tenses of salvation. You may say the four tenses. What do you mean, Pastor Philip? We're going to look at past, present, ongoing, and future. We're going to explore salvation as a past experience, but then also understanding that it's a present experience, that is an ongoing experience that is producing a future experience 
in every one of our lives. Again, meaning salvation was not just a one-time event. Our salvation experience, I believe, from God's Word, is still at work within our lives as God longs to transform every one of us. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want us to turn to Hebrews chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, you can follow along on the screen. But again, I encourage you, take notes in church. Get a notepad, get a pen, take things down because I believe there are important nuggets of truth that are shared today that you may need tomorrow, that you may need to go through. Plus, they tell us that if you write down, if you read and hear, you retain a lot more of that which is said, seen or heard. So look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. And the title of my Bible says, Do not neglect salvation. So it begins by these words in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. So what we've just read is this. We're not just hearing it, but we are putting into action according to what we have heard. So we're taking instructions from God's words. We're not just hearing them, but we are putting them to action. James says these words, if we're hearers only, we deceive ourselves. There's a deception that takes place. Literally, we rob ourselves. So therefore, that means it's no one else's fault except, thank you, our fault. So it says, give even more earnest heed to those things that you have heard, lest you drift away. Verse 2. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward or retribution or penalty, in other words, you're going to reap what you sow. Verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and then was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. New Living Translation says of verse 3, what makes us think that we can escape if we are indifferent to this great salvation? What a hope is there for any one of our lives is really what has been said by these verses. That there is no hope for our lives of future if we choose to neglect so great a salvation. It's so easy so many times to take for granted the things that God has given to every one of us. How many of us wake up every day and don't thank God that He has given us even the breath to live another moment? How many of us roll up to work and sit behind a computer or or work under a car, whatever our profession may be, and refuse daily or forget daily to thank God that not only has He given you a job, but that He has given you ability to work in that job? How many of you hug your children or around your families every day and we just take them for granted and we don't thank God daily for the great gift He's given to us and the blessings. There are so many things that we have just grown accustomed to having that we so often forget the blessings that they are from God. Salvation, I believe, is such a blessing. It's something that is so great because without salvation, there's no hope for our lives. Without God coming into our lives, we're going to be lost and we're going to be in an eternity without Him. Salvation is absolutely awesome. But how often do we take it so for granted? And literally, by doing so, we minimize the greatness of what it really wants to be. And as a result of minimizing the greatness and forgetting it or taking it for granted, so many times we even find ourselves living outside of its parameters. Contrary to some opinions, I believe you can lose your salvation. 
And some people get upset when you start talking about that because, oh, hold on a second, hey, once saved, always saved. There's a doctrine that was drilled into me. I, I don't believe what you're saying, Pastor. I believe, and I'm going to show you from God's Word, I believe it's possible for you and I to lose our salvation in this realm that we choose to give it away. That we choose to surrender. As far as God's concerned, He doesn't will that any should, but that all should have everlasting life. God's desire is that none would be lost. But yet you and I have first to make the choice to come to Christ. But then you and I, if we made a choice to come, that means it's a two-way street. That we can also make the choice to leave. And in giving it up, we forfeit the greatness of God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, beginning there through, I believe, verse 27. And it says these words. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. Paul says these words in verse 26, Therefore I run as thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who just beats the air. But I discipline my body and I bring, into, and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself may, what? Become disqualified. I know some people don't care much for the Message Bible and there are definitely passages in Scripture I believe that are way off in the Message Bible and it's not a Bible that I read every day but sometimes I will cross-reference it. But listen to verse 26 and 27 from the Message Bible. It says these words, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the fish line. I'm giving it everything I've got, no sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else about it and then missing out myself. Now, I'm not going to camp out here because this is not the message that we are preaching per se today. But I believe from what we have just read today, you're on dangerous ground if all you are relying on in your salvation experience is just a past tense experience. Oh, I know the scriptures that have been used. The scripture that they use most common to validate or to support this comes from John chapter 10 and verse 28 and 29 which basically says, I will by no means pluck you out of my hand. That is God. God says those words which is indeed true. But you see, you've got to be very careful because a verse can be taken out of the context of where it is placed. Because if you would read the beginning or the first word of verse 28, the first word begins with and. Now, you know, I may not be the greatest English scholar in the world, but I know enough to know that you don't begin a thought or you don't start a sentence with the word and. So therefore, the words that we have read or the words that have been used as their Defense is a continued thought from that which goes before it. So what does verse 27 say into 28? It says, My sheep, God speaking, hear my voice and I know them and what? And they follow me. And, not a new thought, it's the ones that are hearing, it's the ones that are following that God says, and what? I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So you've got to understand the, the passage that's being dealt with here is you've got to understand that it's in reference to someone who is making a decision to continue to follow after God. Which the Bible tells us results in awesome salvation. But as soon as that one decides not to follow, God doesn't remove them. Hello? God doesn't remove them. 
But by their action and by their choice, they make a choice to leave. You can accept it or not, but I'm telling you right now, salvation is not just a past tense experience. We're going to talk about that past tense experience because without it, we wouldn't be here today. But there is more to salvation than just one day. I can't understand how someone can say you can give your life to Christ and choose to live any which way you want and you can make it to heaven. And then they turn around and say, well, obviously they weren't really saved. The Bible said, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They're saved. If they called upon the name of the Lord, they're saved. I know a lot of people in my life that had an incredible encounter with God that God used, but today they are not saved and they don't even profess to be saved. Unfortunately, they stepped out. But every day we're praying as this church goes forward, we're praying that they'll step back in and they'll pick up the pace and they'll be here with us to help us do what God has called us to do. So as we have read in Hebrews, the Bible is very clear to tell us we cannot neglect. We cannot neglect our salvation. Here's what the word neglect means. The word neglect means to give too little care or attention to. Or to leave undone and not attend to. Let me read those definitions again. To give too little care or attention to, to neglect. Or to neglect, to leave undone and not to attend to. Outside of life, the breath that you and I have in our bodies, salvation is the greatest gift that God has ever given mankind. Life is what? Life has its moments. It has its boundaries, but salvation has no boundaries. What do I mean by that? The life that we have, the breath inside of us, God forbid, but every one of us, the Bible says, is an appointed a day to die. But salvation goes beyond death. Salvation is eternal. So you and I have got to realise tonight or today that it's so great a salvation given by so great a God. How do we know this? Because the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But no matter how great the salvation, if it's neglected. It means that we live beyond or literally we live beneath its fullest potential. The potential's still there. It's just like a light bulb or it's like a lamp. The potential for that lamp to work is still there but you've got to plug it in in order for the light to come on. The potential is still available if the source is connected. So there's still the potential for greatness through salvation, but yet we can unplug the plug and we can neglect and fail to plug our lives into God. And that's why today I want to talk about salvation in the various tenses. I want to talk, really, there are three tenses, aren't there? There's past, present, future. I want to add a fourth. So we're going to look at past, present, ongoing and future. And in all these tenses, realizing that there's never a time that we need to neglect the power and the ability of salvation in our lives. So part number one, past tense. Past tense. Look at Romans 8, verse 24. The first few words of that verse begins with these words. For we were saved in this hope. For we were saved in this hope. Every one of us here who have given our lives to Christ, our salvation experience began with a time and with a place. There was a starting point. Come on, for some of us there's maybe been a few starter points as we've had to rededicate our lives and and just make things right as we've wandered away and realised that our lives were not where they should have been but now we've got our lives back on track. But can you remember that day? Thank you, Miss Emma. At least Miss Emma can remember that day. I said, can you remember that day when you said yes to Jesus Christ? 
Come on, the joy and the excitement that flooded your life. You wanted to tell everyone who would stop long enough. And if they wouldn't stop long enough, you would just run alongside them and tell them as they went. There was such a joy and excitement in your heart and in your life that day. Come on, Mike, tell us that day when God came into your life. What happened in that day? It was November 1989. I was in my study. I was reading a book. This guy had been working on me for three years at work. Uh, and I thought this guy was a great, great guy. I respected him and listened to his Christian drivel only because he was a physicist. And I respected him as a scientist. And I would debate him a lot. And it seemed like he got the upper hand with me with his his debates always referring back to the Bible. So I said, well, you know, I need to resolve this once and for all. Either God's real and he's there or he's not. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to take what's in the Bible for, for the whole thing or throw it out. And so I went on a six-month research study reading archaeology of the Bible, biblical archaeology, prophecies fulfilled. And on this November night in my library in the, in the house, I was reading the appendix of this book that a Baptist uh, Sunday school teacher had written, and it said, you know, why is it that we accept that Amenhotep was a, a pharaoh of Egypt and Caesar was emperor of Rome, and we don't question it, but yet we question about Jesus and God, and there's more been written and documented about Jesus than anything else than any other man on earth. And when I was reading that, suddenly the Holy Spirit hit me. It was like lightning running up and down my spine. I dropped down to my knees in tears, and I accepted uh, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I didn't ask Mike to be ready today. I didn't say, Mike, at a certain time, get ready because I'm coming to you with a mic. But come on, he remembered that day. Anyone else remember that day? Come on, how many remembers that day? Miss Jenny, what happened that day? I was invited to a um, Bible study and um, I got there and it wasn't Bible study. It was a prayer meeting. And... Um, I listened to what was going on, and tears just started flowing and flowing. And I cried and cried, and I went home, and my family were watching um, some stage show that was popular at that time. And um, I went on to bed, and um, I went to sleep. And uh, about 2.30 in the morning, I woke up, and I just sat up instantly, and Jesus was standing by the bed, and it was the whitest glow I had ever seen. And his eyes were so blue looking at me. And he said, I want you. Wow. And before that, I never read my Bible. I grabbed that Bible. I read the rest of the night, the rest of the next day. And I gave my life to the Lord. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Bishop, tell us about that day, buddy. Well, I, I, the, the realization was more kicking Satan out of my life and accepting God, it was, it was, a, it was a rough day for me. It was really rough. Uh, I, it was a Monday. I should have been at work, but I couldn't get, out, I couldn't get going. I just couldn't. I, I was living up in Mississippi at the time, and uh, uh, I, I, I just, you know, something had to change. Some, my life had to change. And uh, it, uh, I read, I cried, I struggled, I sweat. I just, it was, a, it was a really rough day. It was, I, it took me the next day. I didn't go to work the next day because I was too exhausted from, from the day that, uh, that I accepted, uh, Jesus into my life and I kicked Satan out. Uh, of course he still tries to get in there every now and then, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a memorable day. Uh, it, uh, it was a struggle. It was a struggle, but, but, uh, I feel like I won. My soul won. He did win. Did win. And you know what? He still tries to get in. He sure does. For what reason? To steal away that which we have. But there's a day that every one of us can remember when Jesus came into our lives. And just the change that takes. But here's the reason why we remember. Because it was at that moment that we were connected with God. It was at that moment, that feeling. You cannot even explain, can you, that feeling? of the excitement and the joy and just the forgiveness and love and, and just that life-changing encounter, our Damascus Road experience. But you know what? Thank God for that past salvation. But listen, if it's been neglected, what do I mean by if it's been neglected? What about what's happening now? 
What about what's happening now in your life? Because if all our salvation experiences is a past story, it can become a very repetitive story. Come on, continually repeated over and over again. Why? Because nothing's new. And nothing's changing in our lives. Look at Psalms 106. Psalms 106, dealing with the joy, the Bible says, that Israel found in the forgiveness of their sins. We're going to begin in verse 8 of Psalms 106. It says this, Nevertheless, he saved them, past tense, for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power known. Jump to verse 10 and it says, And he saved them from the hand of him who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Jump again to verse 13 through 15 and it says this, But they soon forgot his works and they did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and they tested God in the, des- in the desert and he gave them their request. But he sent leanness into their soul. What we have just read here through Psalms 106, I believe, could be the story, and I pray not, of every one of our lives. That if it's just a past tense experience, that thank God that He saved us. But what happens? They began to forget His works. They did not wait for the counsel, follow the instruction of God. So what happened? They began to neglect the salvation experience that wanted still to be at work in their lives. And what happens, the Bible says that they had leanness in their soul. The soul of man refers to our desires, our appetites, the decisions we make, the choices we make. So therefore, if there's leanness in that idea of man, that means the wrong decisions will be made. It means what? The wrong desires will come in place, the wrong choices. And we know the result of wrong desires, wrong choices and wrong decisions. Thank God for the day you got saved. Do I hear an amen? Thank God for the day we got saved. That our salvation is not just a past moment in time. That's just the beginning. But there also has to be a present, a right now. Because salvation is not just past tense. We need a past tense encounter. But it's not just there. Our salvation experience is also present. Say with me, now. Now tense. So what salvation has taken place in your life right now? Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you say, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. But behold, now. Say with me, now. But now is, or behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is. The day of salvation. Not trying to be repetitive. Thank God for yesterday. Thank God for the testimony when He saved us. He wouldn't be here without that moment. But it did not stop that day. Come on, help me out in this place. It did not stop that day. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Salvation is greater than just that moment. Thank God for that moment. We wouldn't be here without that moment. But it doesn't stop there. There's also a testimony of salvation, I believe, that is available for every one of us today. I know you've heard me say this before, many of you, but Smith Wigglesworth once in a message stood up and he said these words, if your testimony hasn't changed in the past three days, you're not really saved. In the middle of the message, he said those words, In other words, he said, if you haven't had a spiritual update lately, you're not saved. There was people who were offended by that statement. I mean, they've been brought up in church all their life. How dare he say stuff like that? One such man goes up to him at the end of the message. He's kind of upset with him. And he approaches Smith Wigglesworth and he says these words, isn't that a little drastic? Wasn't that a little drastic that you said that if our salvation experience hasn't changed in three days, then we're not really saved? Smith Wigglesworth says, yes, it is. 
Because you know why? He said, because this is what God really told me. God said to me, if it hasn't changed every day, then you're not really saved. I believe there's a now of salvation that you and I must embrace. If not, I believe that we will suffer. We will be in want. We've got to be involved in our salvation. Now listen to me, please. I'm not for one second preaching that we are the ones that earn that we are the ones that are making our salvation happy. Come on, we're not the means. We're not saving ourselves. We can't do that. Come on, hear me. You've got to hear me with this. I'm not saying that we are earning our salvation or that we're all the good works that we're getting the merits. Listen, it's not by those things. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans, what? 2 verse 8 and 9. So it's not that we are saving ourselves. But when we're talking about being involved in our salvation on a daily basis, what we've got to realise is this, salvation wants to work in our everyday lives. What does it do? It wants to give us ideas every day. It wants to give us favour in our lives. It wants to produce blessing in our lives. Salvation, one guy wrote this book titled The Happiest People on the Face of the Earth. That's what our salvation experience should be. Yes, past tense, but now working in our lives presently, giving us the blessings, giving us the favour, giving us the daily rewards that God says shall come to His children. So it's not just past tense. It's not even just present tense. But our salvation experience is also ongoing, active tense. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 said these words, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who perish, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. To us who are continually being changed, those of us who are continually not neglecting, but living in the fullness of salvation, that God is still changing us. How many would testify that you're a different person to what you were even a couple of weeks ago? Why? Because you are being saved. God's renewing your mind. He's changing your life. Because thank God for the past tense. Thank God for the present. But we're ongoing in God. It does not stop. Help me out in the house. New Living Translation says, but we who are being saved. Salvation, your salvation experience is ongoing. That's why it's a living, life-changing experience. I thank God my salvation experience is not just a certificate on the wall of my office. Come on, I said, I'm glad my salvation experience isn't something that I have to constantly look back to. Thank God I can remind myself of. But thank God I can live in it every day. I can feel that closeness. I can feel that union, that relationship, that love with God. That when I walk into work, I know I'm not walking alone. When I get in my car, I know I'm not alone. Why? Because I am being saved. God's there with me every, every day. Ongoing. And again, please, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean you're any more saved doesn't mean I'm more saved. I mean, the day you gave your life to Christ, you are saved. I mean, that's a golden ticket. You're into heaven. doesn't mean you're now into heaven in a greater capacity. You're not earning your salvation. But what it means is, as your experience is ongoing, it means you're enjoying daily the benefits of it. That you're allowing God to transform you. Come on, transformation is more than just a change. We heard about it on Wednesday. We can make changes and we can choose to do this and that. But transformation is like a metamorphosis that wants to take place in our lives. We're no longer a caterpillar. Come on, we're a butterfly. And a butterfly can't go back to being a caterpillar because there's a change that's taken place that's irreversible. That's what salvation, that's the greatness of salvation. It wants to do such a change in you that you can never be the same person again. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing. He who began a good work. Come on, he who began a salvation change inside of every one of us in you will complete it until the day. An ongoing process that God wants to complete inside of every one of our lives. 
until the day of Jesus Christ. But again, that good work is both physically and spiritually. That God wants to produce benefits in every one of our lives. Philippians 2 verse 12, Therefore, my beloved brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Say with me, work out. Say it one more time, work out. Work out your own salvation. I've got to clear this thought up too. Working up your own salvation doesn't mean, as many have misrepresented it to be, that I pick and choose what goes with my salvation. Come on, if I'm working out my own salvation, it's not like I'm writing a grocery list and say, I'll have that part, that looks pretty good. But that sex before marriage stuff, I'll throw that away. I mean, that's old-fashioned. Come on, oh, alcohol, oh, I like a little drink now and again, so I'll just keep that on my list. I'll just... We've got so good at working out our salvation in our own minds and saying what we think salvation is. Let me tell you something, shall I? You're not the author of salvation. You never were and you never will be. There's only one that the Bible says that's the author of salvation and he's written down requirements and you can choose to write down your requirements all you want but there's only one way that you're saved and that's through Jesus Christ. That's through his way. It's through his prescribed author or authorship. His pattern includes a whole bunch. So people say, oh, you work out your own salvation. That means you pick and choose. That's not what it means. Come on, I said, that's not what this passage of Scripture means. It's what man has said it means to fit his own agenda. But it's not what it means. It means this. It's like going to a gym. What are you doing? You're working out. Come on, you're breaking a sweat. Come on, you're getting rid of those love handles. Come on now. Come on, you're getting rid of all those sags and bulges and you're trying to push them up a little bit so they can dance when you flex. Not jiggle when you jump. Come on now. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're working out in the gym. That's what the Bible speaks about when it talks about working out your salvation. It means to be actively involved in your salvation. I like that. Living it up. Living up. The experience in God. Come on, get in your life in the proper shape. Come on, do you pray every day? I do. God, change me. I pray that every day. God, Kelly can tell you, we pray this every day. God, help us to be better parents. Help us to be better pastors. You can say amen to that. That's fine. Help us to be better lovers. Help us to be better husbands and wives. Help us to be better friends. Come on, we pray that over our life. I pray that over my life every day. Why? Because you know what? Like Paul said, I haven't arrived. But this one thing I do. Come on, I'm letting go of those things and I'm pressing on. Come on, there needs to be a press in every one of our lives. A pushing on. Come on, it's time we get back to the spiritual gym and start doing some workouts. Start working out our salvation. Start realising that joy that you once had ten years ago. You can have a greater joy today. Come on, that happiness that you experienced back then when you told everyone about God. Come on, it still can be alive and happening inside of you. Why? Because it's not just past tense. It's not just present tense, it's ongoing in every one of our lives. Man, I'm exhausted. But notice, yeah, I need to work it out, Trey said. I need to get to the gym. But notice those words also, it says, your own salvation. I like that. You know what that means? Not my spouses. Not my kids. Come on, as parents, we want to do that, don't we? Work out this. Want to work out everyone else's person sitting beside me? They need to be a little bit more holy. Nina, you've just looked at Chip. I don't know what that meant right there, but help us, Jesus. I know what it was, Chip. She was just admitting the fact that she needed to change. That's what it was. But you know what? We get so good at trying to work out everyone else's salvation. I wonder what would happen if we put as much energy into our experience as we try to interfere and meddle in everyone else's, I wonder what example and life change would take place in us that all of a sudden our kids would desire to be different because they would see such a change in us. 
our spouses would want to come to church. Why? Because we haven't always told them about how bad they are and they're going to hell for not going. That we've just got such a joy and a peace and a happiness and that we're serving God, that we're creating a desire inside them. I wonder what would happen if we really did work out our own salvation. Turn to your neighbour and say, work out your own salvation. Listen to that verse from the New Living Translation. Philippians 2 verse 12 says this, Dearest friends, you were always so grateful to follow my instructions when I was with you and now that I'm away from you, you must even be more careful to put into action God's saving work in your lives. His continued working. What does God want to do, Mike, in your life today? What does God want to do, Joanne, in your life? Miss Mona, what does God want to do in your life today? Christian, Abraham, Chip, Dale, Russell, Philip. God wants to refine you today. I maybe don't need major tuning, but if you've ever listened to the radio, you can just do a little bit of fine tuning as needed. You know, you've, you've done the major stuff, but just a little fine. Just You don't have to turn the dial. It's just that almost that minute turn. God wants to do what? He wants to define me today. God wants to separate me today. God wants to perfect me. What does that mean? Continue to work inside of my life. You see, because my salvation experience, please hear me. Thank God for the day. But that was just a day. Thank God for this day. But there's coming a tomorrow. Thank God that my tomorrow salvation can be waiting for me to change me. Thank God it's past. Thank God it's present. Thank God it's ongoing. But also, can I hear an amen? Thank God it's future. Thank God it's future. Come on, thank God it's future. Thank God our salvation is eternal. Come on, it's forever. It means it will never end. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, Concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, His return, will come as a thief in the night. Verse 9 through 11, For God did not appoint us to wrath, to tribulation, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we were awake or asleep, we should live together with Him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify each other other, just as you are doing. The Bible also says, comfort each other with these words. What? That I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, from there I will return. And I will take you there to be with me. Come on, there's coming a day when we're going to meet Jesus face to face. There's coming a day when our feet are going to hit those streets of gold. There's coming a day where we're going to experience no more weeping, no more sorrow, no more pain. There's going to be no more unrest. It's just going to be completely peace. There's going to be no sun in heaven because the Bible says He's going to be the light of heaven. His glory is going to be so wonderful. It's going to be beyond every description. Thank God it's past tense. Thank God it's present and ongoing. But let me tell you something. There's a future for those who love Jesus Christ. What a day! What a day! I'm ready, aren't you? I've got my U-Haul packed. I'm ready to go. We can't take it with us, thank God. I'm going to move into that place that He's prepared for me. Come on, a place where He, a place where we can enjoy the treasures that the Bible says that we've laid up here on earth. What a day that will be. And that's going to only be the beginning of eternity. We're never going to die. What an incredible gift salvation is. We're never going to die in salvation. I said, we're never going to die in salvation. Eternally with God. As I said two weeks ago, heaven's not just going to be a 24-hour day church service. You're not going to be half naked, floating around on clouds, strumming hearts. I don't know exactly how heaven is going to be, but let me tell you something. It's a place you don't want to miss. It's going to be awesome. Romans 8, verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What is that? That we've been exhorted to understand that there's struggles and there's hardships now. But listen, no matter the struggles and the hardships, don't neglect the gift of salvation. 
Because I'm telling you, they're coming a day that all these struggles, we're going to look and say, what struggles? Come on, you may have been like me. To up to a few years ago, I had a list that I was going to ask God. Anyone that had a list? When I get to heaven, I'm just going to ask God that. You know, when I get to heaven, I'm just going to ask God. Suddenly realized a couple of years ago, you know, when I get to heaven, those things just ain't going to matter anymore. I mean, if they were, I mean, he would sit down and talk to me about those things. But you know what? God's going to come. I, I could just see Jesus coming up to me and saying, Philip, what was it you wanted to talk? God, it just doesn't matter anymore. Come on, can you see that? God, it just doesn't matter anymore. I mean, who cares about that stuff anymore? I mean, it just doesn't matter. Let's not neglect the greatness of our Sabbath. Yes, it has to have a beginning. But listen to me. Salvation has no ending. Because it's eternal. It has a starting point. But it doesn't have a conclusion. Because we're going to live forever with God. It's not just meant to be a past tense experience. But something today that you're enjoying. But something tomorrow that you can anticipate the greatness of. How many realises that God's done great things, but you know God's got greater things in store for you before you leave this earth? Come on. That's the ongoing experience of salvation. But the Bible says, as we read in Hebrews, what happens if we don't give earnest heed to those things? What happens if we begin to drift away? A car that's placed in neutral, I've never seen roll uphill. We've got to be in gear. We've got to be waking up every day. I like what Benny Hinn, I think it was in one of his books, he wrote Good Morning Holy Spirit, I think is the title of one of his books. He would say that every morning he'd wake up and say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. What an incredible thought every day. God, good morning. What do you want to change? What do you want to do through me? What experience do you want to bring me into today? Why? Because thank God I remember the day. But God, this is a new day. I need new grace. I need new mercy. I need new favour. I need new blessing. I need you to guide me today. Thank God that you, oh, you took care of me and I can see that, God, but you haven't taken me thus far, God, to drop me off and leave me there. It's ongoing. It's a life of blessing. It's an abundant life. It's a life that is to be lived to the max. It's a process of growth that wants or needs to take place in your life. Remember when you were born, I was just talking to Chip just during the offering time. He and Nina have just had the most incredible grandbaby. She is absolutely beautiful. If you haven't seen a picture of her, she is beautiful. I mean, if you could pattern that baby, everyone would want one. She is beautiful. But you know what? Our salvation experience is just like the day that that baby was born. She's so frail. She can't feed herself. She can't change herself. She can't really do anything apart from cry and fast. But you know what? She'll grow and begin to teeth and begin to walk and after she's crawled a little bit. And she'll go through the terrible twos and the awful threes and the God helps fours. <laughs> but then she'll grow and grow and grow. And one day she'll be a beautiful young lady that her father one day will walk down the aisle and present her to her husband, that she will begin the circle all over again with as they have their children. What are you saying? The day we got saved, we were just babes. But are you still sucking on the bottle? Come on, are you still sucking on the bottle? Because if you are, you're neglecting the gift of your salvation. Because every day, God wants to see growth and development in our lives because yes, past tense, but also present, but also ongoing to one day that it's going to be eternal. Never neglect your salvation. I said never neglect your salvation. God gave me this word, I believe, for people here today. That you kind of just laid it down and just let it go by the wayside. Come on, utilize it. Exhaust every part of it. Search for every aspect of it. Live every moment of this greatest gift. The awesome gift of salvation. Would you stand with me this morning?
how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation given to us by so great a God. A God that so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I want you just for a few moments, if you would, just to begin to thank God for your salvation. It's okay to go back and start at that place and remember that day that God changed your life. But come on, if all you're remembering is that day and you have nothing new, come on, God wants to do a new work daily in your life, changing you. Come on, I'm not still perfect. And I've got a sneaky suspicion that there's a few other people in here that still need some changes to take place in their lives. Do I have a witness in the house? But you know what? I know this, that the promise that I have from God is this that he'll continue to do that good work. If I'll remain on the table, come on. If I'll remain on the surgeon's table and just allow him just to begin to remove those things. Just allow him to work in my life. God, I pray for everyone in this place right now. God, I pray that there would not be one soul in this place that would neglect, take for granted the gift of salvation. Thank God for that day. But God, may we be also reminded that there's this day. But there's also another day tomorrow. And a day after that. And a day after that. And God, some way down the line, God, there's eternity. And God, may we realize that salvation is for every tense, every part of our lives. That God, you didn't just save us and then just say, all right, off you go. God, you long to be there with us. Help us through every stretch, through every part of the way. God, we thank you for that. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.